But I remember many years ago, there was something that was bothering me and I brought it to my husband's attention. And his response was, well, those are your feelings and I understand, but it's not my problem. And my answer to him was, but if I'm feeling this and it's affecting the way I act in the relationship, then it is our problem. And he stopped and thought about it and he said, okay, you know, then let's talk about it. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how dangerous is a bored marriage? How common is a bored marriage? And lastly, what can you do about a boring marriage? Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined by the fabulous, the wonderful, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi Karen. Hi Steve. You know that's why I keep doing this with you because I need my dosage on a regular basis of all those ego-sounding wonderful items. (laughs) I just call them truths and uh, I'm happy to deliver them every week. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. So today we are going to talk about uh, how to deal with a boring marriage. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to give our listeners a heads up. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in uh, relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, so... um, I just mentioned we are going to be talking about how to deal with a boring marriage. And the first question I want to uh, get to is how dangerous is boredom to marriage? Very. Oh, as okay. a matter, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, what we know is that boredom can actually kill a marriage. So. Um, it's something that we really have to it's good that we're we're doing a podcast on this because it's something that really couples have to pay attention to okay well then that leads me nicely into the second question then which is how common is uh, boredom uh, in marriages and is there like a timeline and I'm I'm, I'm immediately thinking of the seven-year itch, but is there a, yeah. a standard we're timeline on, for when that creeps in? You know, we're working together much too long because because that would have been, you know, what I would have said also. I've never read any statistics specifically on when boredom sets in. Uh-huh. I think it's fairly common. Uh, I think certainly, you know, you could say seven-year itch, although research says that there really is no such thing as a seven-year itch. Yeah. Um, I think that basically when there are lots of um, 
activities or milestones or turning points in a relationship, probably you're not going to be bored because there's those kinds of things happening. Mm -hmm. But when they die down and you get into a routine and same old, same old, then those are prime times for you to start to feel, uh, you know, the boredom of it. So um, when, you know, the nice thing about the, the routine of it all is that it's predictable, you know what to do, there's a great amount of comfort, um, and there's something to be said for all of that. Yeah. But if it if it becomes too humdrum, then that is where you're going to start to get into trouble. Yeah. I, uh, this, when you're, when you started talking, I started thinking about early on in um, my marriage and how it got to this point where, um, my, my wife and I were just like humming along. Like there was just no drama in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, there was so little drama that um, it made my wife a little antsy. Mm. Um, ju- mm-hmm. Not, not maybe, antsy is not the right word. It just she was uncomfortable with that kind of calm because she had, mm. had so much drama, or you know, just in general, the two of us had just had so much, and not like necessarily bad drama, but just like so much going on around us for so long that when things were just good. It was this like unsettling comfort of like, wow, mm. what do we do with this level of mm-hmm. comfort? And so mm-hmm. I thought that I was just wondering if that is like a, a common trait that happens once you kind of hit your stride or not. Well, I think that what you're describing may not be the same as boredom. I think that, again, you know, when you um, become accustomed to drama and so much going on and stress that when you finally get relief from that, it feels uncomfortable because it's different. That's not necessarily boredom. Mm. That's just different than what you've been experiencing. And so it feels a little odd to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's boredom. I think boredom is more where it just feels like, so what was your week like? Well, you know, the same old, same old. We get up at such and such hour. This is our routine uh, for the day. We go to sleep, we get up, repeat, you know, and mm-hmm. the same thing goes on every day uh, until we hit the weekend. And then there's a slightly different routine because it's the weekend, but pretty much one weekend is the same as every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And so- that really is more you know, routine, not the absence of drama. Got it. Okay. So boredom would be more in line with monotony, I think. Yes, absolutely. Good word. Uh, Okay. So then do you think it's more dangerous if both partners feel bored or might it be easier to address if they're both bored as opposed to just one being bored? You know, yes and no. I think that, first of all, I can't imagine a male coming to the partnership and saying, you know, I'm feeling bored. Mm. I can't see most males bringing up many issues that are bothersome. I think it comes out in different ways. So, but, but, on the one, go but ahead. Is there a difference, though, between bringing it up and having those feelings? No. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, there is. You can have the feelings, but you don't bring it up. I mean, first of all, a lot of guys can't articulate their feelings. And that's because truly, biologically, a man, and this is not meant as a knock on males, but men are um, missing or, or have their brains Um, shaped differently so that there is a piece that women have in their brains that allow them to articulate feelings better or just articulate them that men don't have. So they might have that feeling, but are not likely to be able to put that into words. Um, Can I also add to that, that I feel to compound that issue, uh, men are also raised traditionally to suck it up yes, and not to say things? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, so going back to your original question, mm-hmm. um, both partners might feel it. And the advantage to that might be that it's easier because then nobody's to blame. It becomes more obvious that it's situational. Um on the other hand, if only one of them is feeling it, then um, especially if it's the woman, um, she's more likely to bring it up and it might not be quite as complicated. So I can see it going both ways. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready to say it's more dangerous one way or the other. I think there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, you know, Then it comes down to how it is that it gets handled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really the issue. I The only, uh, the only major issue with just one person feeling it, well, the one that seems very glaring and obvious to me would be that if the other person fails to acknowledge yes. and validate that the other, their spouse is in fact bored. There's like, how could you possibly be bored? You know, we have yes. so much awesomeness going off and on in our lives and marriage and everything. And it's like, no, 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 I feel this way. Well, that's, you know, right. So I can right. see that becoming an issue. A- absolutely. That would become a problem or, you know, what's wrong with you, you oh, know, yeah. or, or the other possibility is, and I can see a male feeling this more than a female because men tend to um, really feel badly if they feel that somehow they've let their female counterpart down. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you saying you're bored and I'm not good enough or that I've let you down or or I haven't performed in a way that is satisfactory? So that's why if both of them are feeling it, that might be a little bit easier than mm-hmm. if just one of them are feeling it. Um, and with that, how much responsibility do you think each individual shares in addressing the boredom? Oh, I, I think both, because even if it's just one of them that's feeling it, if one in my book, if one person has a problem, then they both have a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I think they both have to take responsibility for it. And I would imagine that, uh, again, going back to the previous question, um, if they both feel bored, it would be easier for both to get on board to take responsibility as opposed to if one, you really got to bring the other person along and, yes. and make make them feel um, – make it feel to them as important as it feels to you that they that something needs to be done and addressed. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
Um, okay. And then uh, finally, what should couples do to address boredom, particularly if they don't have anything major coming up? They don't have any kids that are about to be born. Um, let's say that they're they're heading into the summer months or they're in the summer months and there's no holidays in sight or anything like that. What What can... What can couples do to work on their boredom? Okay, so before I address practical suggestions, I want to go back to how should they even address the fact that this exists? Oh, okay. Okay, Um, so I'm going to take my, have you got anything else to add, Karen, and use this as my something else to add. Perfect. Um, Okay, so again, I think it's likely that it's going to be the woman who's going to be more aware of it and uh, be more willing to articulate it. And it's not useful to blame the other person. That's going to go nowhere. I think it is probably best off if it would be brought up in the following way. I've been having some feelings lately. And again, I wouldn't say all the time Mm -hmm. because nothing is all the time, and when you do an all-or-nothing thing, that's not a good conflict uh, resolution kind of skill. But at times, I have been experiencing some feelings that concern me, and my guess would be that if I'm feeling them, there's a good chance that you might be feeling them also. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, and I think from what I've read or from what I've heard, um, these feelings are not atypical. I don't think it means there's something wrong with us. Um, I think that we've gotten into a bit of a rut. I think that, um, you know, we've gotten into a typical couple situation of, you know, hum-ho, of humdrum, of, you know, same old, same old, you know, have you been feeling any of that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think then again, um, as even in the question, I do believe if one is feeling it, it's likely the other person is experiencing it. It might make it easier for the male to then say, well, you know, come to think of it. I guess so. Um, Okay. So I, I, by the first off, I love uh, the way that you introduce it to your partner and give them the opportunity. Um, But I wanted to throw in uh, perhaps a a little wrench into this. Okay, I can see a scenario uh, where one person has a career that's Mm -hmm. just really exploding, Mm -hmm. and it's almost all consuming for them. Mm. In the meantime, so they're not bored at all because they are, mm-hmm. you know, going 100 miles an hour. In the meantime, their spouse is at home bored, mm. like completely mm-hmm. bored because they don't have anything in, in particular going on for them. And they don't really see their spouse because mm-hmm. they're, you know, running on all cylinders career wise. So um, I, I just wanted to throw that out there where I could actually I think it's a good wrench. A, a, a scenario where one spouse was absolutely feeling bored and the other one, not that they wouldn't necessarily feel it toward their marriage if they gave, t- a, a, you know, a half a second thought to it, but they mm-hmm. have so many other things going on that it's on the back burner. So they're totally content with it being there. I, I am glad you brought that up because I think it's a very good scenario to raise. Um, 
And if let's let's go with your scenario. So if the person says, "Well, um, you know, it must be your problem because I'm not feeling that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm busy at work. I'm you know f- feeling like I don't have a minute to myself. Blah blah. You know, whatever." And then the retort could be, yeah, I get that, you know, and and what I'm really talking about is more, you know, our private time. And, you know, what I'd like you to just do is to think about it a little bit. You don't have to answer me right now, but to give it some thought, because I'm talking about your non-work time. Um, and even if you feel that, you know, you're just so exhausted or or the amount we do together, you know, is fine and all you need. Um, I would like to have a little bit more pizzazz in our private time because it would mean that for me that there was a little bit more zing in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, Again, um, I remember, and I don't remember what it was at this point, but I remember many years ago, there was something that was bothering me and I brought it to my husband's attention. And his response was, well, those are your feelings and I understand, but it's not my problem. And my answer to him was, but if I'm feeling this and it's affecting the way I act in the relationship, then it is our problem. Mm. And he stopped and thought about it and he said, okay, you know, then let's talk about it. And I think that that is a fair um, a fair statement to make. That mm-hmm. because a cu- what is a couple? Sure. A couple is the interaction. It's a relationship. So I think that you know you don't want to um, uh, dismiss the other person saying, "Well, you know, my life is full and my life is very busy and I'm perfectly happy and satisfied." But on the other hand, you don't want your feelings denied. So you can validate them and say, yes, I get that. But our private time, you know, tends to be very routine and very, you know, same old, same old. And I would like it to have a little bit more zing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, I'm glad you raised that scenario too, because I can see that playing out as a fairly common interaction of one spouse bringing it up and saying Mm -hmm. their spouse just basically replying well you need to figure that out and it's Mm -hmm. like no 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 no, buddy this is this is a this is a relationship which requires two people so i yeah yeah i can understand that so to your point so to you know my yeah yeah so to your point wait wait we're not going to get to that yet okay to your point if you to the people who are listening, if you're in a relationship where your partner is very involved and is very active, and listen, it could be that it's the female who's up to her eyeballs in PTA and all kinds of other committees and everything else, and you're the kind of guy who is going to bring this up. So it doesn't have to always be that it's the guy that's busy and involved and um, the woman who's going to bring it up. But if you're in in the kind of relationship where you know that your partner might come back and say to you, well, I'm busy and I'm involved and I'm not bored at all, then your intro is going to be different. You would start off saying, look, I know that in your, you know, in your private time, you're very busy and involved, but 
I'd like you to reflect a little bit on our private time because I've been feeling that, you know, we've sort of gotten into a routinized schedule and it's starting to feel a little humdrum to me. Mm-hmm. Have have you noticed that? And maybe you're so busy you haven't even noticed it, but would you think it about think about it? So the introduction of the topic is gonna have to be a little bit different. Okay. That makes okay? sense. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So now what you wanna do is just do some things that are different. And it doesn't have to be that you're going to spend $20,000 on an exotic trip. You know, if you're the kind of couple that um, your social life consists of going to a restaurant um, once a week, go to a different restaurant. Don't go to the same restaurant all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, try a different type of food or, you know, something like that. Um, just do something different with the kind of activities that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, look over what your schedule is, how you do it, and do something different. That's all you have to do um, is make sure that you are injecting into your schedule something that you don't either ordinarily do or something different from the way that you generally do it. Um, does addressing boredom ha- require some sort of action uh, in terms of like an experience, or can it be more of like a cerebral volley back and forth where you, you know, we just haven't had like really great conversations and you know, you get home and you carve out time for that? Or do you think it really requires some sort of adventure aspect to it? Um, I suppose for some couples, uh, a stimulating conversation might work. My gut feeling is that it's going to have to be some kind of action, but I don't know that I'd necessarily tack adventure into it. Um, as I said, it could be as mundane, I know, mm-hmm. which I'm purposely using that yeah. word, mm-hmm. but as mundane as if you typically on Saturday night, your big outing is that you go out to a restaurant, but you go to the same neighborhood restaurant every week, go to a different restaurant, mm-hmm. have the scenery look different, you know, don't order the same thing off the menu, um, you know, just make it be something that is not what you always do and then talk about it or, you know, yeah. you know, pick a different food than you normally do and you know each of you tastes each other's dishes and you know tell each other what you think of it so I don't want to make it a big to do because you don't need to do extremes in order to get this thing going Mm -hmm. I as you're talking one of the things that uh, is popping into my head is I I believe it's Gottman's seven principles of a happy marriage or something based Mm -hmm. on research which is uh, one of those pillars of a successful marriage is novelty. Is that really what yes. we're talking about yes, here? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So really it's it's to you to the point that I think you were making and really driving home with the mundane comment, it's not necessarily has to be a quote unquote something exciting. It just has to be novel. 
That's correct. And that is That's different correct. than what you normally yes. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, okay, then. Well, I think we have addressed this uh, well enough, at, at least for the time being. Um, if anybody out there has any follow-up questions or requires further explanation, we're happy to answer that. In the meantime, and I would say if mm. anybody has suggestions, oh, yeah. uh, please, you know, send those along as well. Yeah. Yeah. We love, uh, we love the feedback and, you know, we live in a social media world, so it's easy to do that. You can do it on Twitter. We don't, you know, we're not asking you to write some novel, uh, email to us. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. We love, like, we love hearing the ideas and we're happy to pass them along as well. So, um, yeah, so thank you in advance for that. And I think that is going to do it for us. So, uh, before we go, I want to, uh, remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get those books uh, on Amazon or all the big major uh, book retailers, um, as well as you can find links to them on Karen's website, drkarensherman.com. We also have links to that stuff available on our website, hitchedmag.com. Um, as well as uh, thousands of articles, hundreds of podcasts, and much, much more. So please check that out if you haven't done so already. So uh, before we go, I want to thank you for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Pleasure is mine, Steve. Thank you. All right. Uh, That is going to do it this week. So uh, take care, everybody.